0: You're listening to Trinity Fremont's Sermon Podcast, where you can hear God's Word preached each and every week. Our purpose at Trinity is to raise up Christ's followers in our families and in our communities. We pray that as you listen to this week's sermon, you'll be encouraged and equipped to live out your faith in all that you do. Some of you might be familiar with a popular TV show. It's called The Voice. Raise your hands if you've ever listened or watched The Voice. Okay, quite a few of you. It's a reality show, but it's a singing competition. Its first season was in 2011. These are the coaches for this year's season. Does anyone want to venture to guess how many seasons there have been of the voice since 2011. Not years, how many seasons? Because they do multiple in a year. What do you think, Bennett? 23, 23, you're really, really close. Okay? Go up two. (coughs) 25! 25! 25 seasons of the voice. So this makes me wonder... Why it has been so successful, it just keeps kind of hanging on. A lot of times, popular shows kind of fizzle out. They're popular and then they're gone. Well, maybe one of the reasons is that the winner receives $100,000. But then I was kind of thinking, all right, that's nothing to sneeze at, but there are shows where people win a million dollars. Let's... Be a Millionaire, whatever that show was called. What was that called? Who wants to be a millionaire? I would lean more toward the real motivation is that the winner gets a recording deal. So millions of people around the world are instantly having access to the voice, the winning voice. Now, I'll admit, I haven't watched The Voice in many years. However, the theme of this morning's sermon, while it was developing this weekend, I just kept coming back to The Voice. Genesis 22 is challenging, isn't it? Lori did a good job of helping the kids through it. What type of God uses His voice to ask a man to kill his one and only son? What type of man, after listening to God's voice, is actually willing to go through with it? These are difficult questions for sure. But in the end, God's voice is the winning voice. This week we have begun the season of Lent But the season of Lent can be kind of conflicting. We tend to make a big deal that it is a season of repentance, right? We talked about it before the service today. How we moved confession to the beginning so we can focus more on repentance during the Lenten season. But as Christians, aren't we called to repent always? We're not called to repent just during Lent. Are we saying, okay, during Lent we will really, really, really repent? Part of the conflict of Lent is the danger of focusing only on ourselves. I'm going to give up pop, I'm going to give up social media. I'm going to give up eating meat on Fridays. My wife would say the worst one, I'm going to give up chocolate. I'm going to give up fill in the blank. There's a slippery slope of focusing on these types of things and not focusing on listening to the voice, God's voice, the voice we will be focusing on in our reading this morning. And it's the voice that Abraham listened to as we read the Scripture for today. Genesis 22, 1-2. to God's voice said, Abraham, take your son... Your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. There seems to be no hesitation, no questioning God's voice. Faithful Abraham. Well, he gets up early the next day and heads up to Mount Moriah. He has his son Isaac with him two servant boys, he carries a flame for the fire and a knife. It wasn't a huge mountain. It was only about 2,500 feet high. It's likely they climbed that mountain pretty quickly and then they waited. They waited for three days for God's voice. And after three days, God revealed to Abraham the place where the altar was to be built. And Abraham saw it in a distance. And he told his two servants, you stay here, we'll be back. We're going over there to worship. Yes, Abraham told the two servants, we're going to go over there to worship. So that's what he did. They went over there. Isaac carrying the wood, probably on his back. Abraham with the flame, with the knife. And as they walked over there, they talked. And Isaac had a really good question for his daddy. What was it? Where's the lamb for the sacrifice? And Abraham had an answer for Isaac. What was it? God will provide. So they kept on walking together to the place that God had told Abraham to go. When they got there, Abraham built the altar, he put the wood on the altar. He tied his son, his only son Isaac, to the altar. And he lifted up his knife to kill his son. He was actually going to go through with it, but then something happened. The voice of God. God's voice spoke to Abraham again. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham! And he said, Here am I. He said, Do not lay a hand on the boy or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham saw a ram in the thicket, right? He offered the ram instead of his son, his only son Isaac. God did provide. And the voice, God's voice spoke again to Abraham from heaven. By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, Because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars in the heaven, as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of the enemies and in your offspring shall all nations on earth be blessed. And why would all of the nations on earth be blessed? Because you have obeyed my voice. Do you see it now? It's right there. God's test was simple. Simple, but filled with almost unimaginable faith. Almost unimaginable drama. God needed to know that beyond a shadow of a doubt, if Abraham would do one thing, Would Abraham live by the voice of God? That's it. That's the test. And Abraham passed with flying colors, no hesitation. Faith upon faith upon faith, never wavering, living by the voice, God's voice. But it's different for us, isn't it? God's not having a conversation. He's not having a dialect with us like He did the prophets, like He did with the patriarchs, or even the kings. So this brings us back to Pastor Gerber's message last Sunday. Who remembers what we celebrated last Sunday and it wasn't Valentine's Day? Begins with T. Nope. Uh, Dwayne, ascension does not begin with T. You got it. Transfiguration. The glorious transfiguration of Jesus transfigured right before the very eyes of Peter, James, and John. And then something happened again. God the Father spoke. And here comes God's voice again. The voice. Peter, James, and John heard God's voice say, This is my beloved Son. Listen to Him. Listen to Him. In other words, live by God's voice it simplifies the difficulty we might have with the account of Isaac and Abraham how we've been pondering on how could this be asked of Abraham and how could Abraham go through with it of course it was a test of Abraham's faith to be willing to sacrifice his own son but it was more importantly a test of whether Abraham would live by God's voice. Which brings us to you and me. Right here today, where is God's voice for us? Does God speak to us today? He most certainly does. Brothers and sisters in Christ, He speaks loud and He speaks clear. I hold in my hand the very Word of God. God's voice. Let me repeat. I hold in my hand the very Word of God. God's voice. Yes, God speaks to us. He is speaking to you today through the reading of His Word, through the preaching of His Word, through the singing of songs. It's not complicated. My brothers and sisters, this is the living, breathing voice of God. But do we always listen? Do we always live by God's voice? We don't. It's impossible. You see, we are born to sin, you and me. Sin is in our nature. And we hear so many voices today. Voices that challenge us to question God. God. The account of how sin entered the world revolves around not listening to God's voice. Listening to another voice, the voice of Satan. Genesis 3, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And as we know, Adam and Eve didn't live by God's voice that particular day. They lived by the voice of Satan. Yes, Satan, the prowling lion who looks to devour and overtake us. And Satan hasn't let up He's really good at getting people to listen to him. He especially enjoys using God's own word, God's own voice to deceive us. He'll use anything to deceive us with his evil lies. Did God really say to forgive those who have sinned against you? Did God really say that you are fearfully and wonderfully made just like you are? Did God really say you shouldn't have sex before marriage? Did God really say that unnatural sexual relations are sinful? Did God really say looking at a man or woman lustfully is adultery? Did He really say that? Did God really say that He knew you before He formed you in the womb? Did God really say He sanctified you before you were even born? Did God really say to love your neighbor as yourself? Did God really say there's only one way to be saved? Did God really... Countless ways we could fill in that sentence. Brothers and sisters, yes. Yes. Yes, God did really say, and he continues to say. We have two choices. Live by God's truth and listen to the Father, or listen to the Father of lies. His voice can be heard in Christian songs and hymns. His voice can be heard through Christian teachers and preachers. His voice can be heard through Christian devotions. His voice can be heard through reading and studying His very Word. Through so many ways, God's voice speaks to you. And my friends, surround yourselves with the voice, God's voice, in what you read, in what you watch, what you listen to, how you listen to, who you listen to. Is it a big deal? You better believe it's a big deal. It's a very slippery slope when we don't live by God's voice. When Paul wrote his letter to the Romans, he had a long, long list of sins that the people, the Christians, the new Christians of Rome were to avoid. And then after he listed those sins, he has a very interesting verse in verse 32. He says, though they know god's decree in other words though they know what god says what he would want for us though they know god's decree that those who practice such things deserve to die they not only do them but they give approval to those who practice them wow right Paul could be right here in this society writing the same letter. It's like he's here today. My friends, we hear Satan's voice all around us. And we see the results of Satan's voice all around us. But today, right here, right now, you're listening to a different voice, aren't you? The voice of the Creator of all things, visible and invisible. A voice that asked His Son, His only Son, to become flesh. A flesh that would dwell among us. A flesh that would hang from a tree so that you may live. Listen to the voice, God's voice. Live by the voice, God's voice. It's a competition. But it's not a singing competition, my friends. It's the most serious competition that will ever be waged. It's a competition between listening to God's voice or listening to Satan's voice. Your gracious God desires for you to receive the prize he has already won for you. And it's not $100,000, and it's not a recording deal. But living by God's voice does lead to a prize a prize you haven't earned, a prize Christ has earned for you by suffering and dying for you, by rising again from the dead for you. Why? Because he wants you to live with him forever. Brothers and sisters, in Christ, God's voice is the winning voice. The prize is eternity with our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We listen to God's voice because Jesus rose from the dead. The Word is alive again. Christ is alive. He is not dead. It's a tone setter for Lent. Not focusing on what we will give up, rather focusing on what we will gain living by God's voice. In the name of Jesus, amen.